I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking again. Our bodies were made. I'm Paul Mitzi. I'm Lucy Thomas. And I'm Brendan Levi. And we are the Swap Cars Podcast. Every week we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. This week we are watching the 1987 comedy Like Father Like Son, starring Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron, where a magical Native American brain transference serum causes a father and son to switch bodies. As always, we love to hear from our listeners, so slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Faceoff already. Guys, this is the first time we've recorded in like four months. (laughs) Our listeners might be thinking, well, you've been releasing episodes every week. How is that possible? Well, we banked a whole bunch of episodes for a very special reason, which I think Lucy would like to announce. I've been on maternity leave from the podcast because I had a baby. Ah, Congrats, Lucy. (laughs) So this is my first time back doing this and I'm going to try my best. Maybe my brain fell out and I've forgotten how to be funny or I'm not sure. So we'll just see how we go. And also you might hear some random baby noises in the background. So let's just uh, give it a red hot go. Babies yeah. make everything cuter. That's so right. baby people we'll probably will, get better yeah, reviews. They'll appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the eventual goal is for me to get replaced by the baby at some point. <laughs> um, I have to say, guys, really good yeah. job on um, – the episode where you interviewed Heather Fink. It was really good. Obviously, I wasn't part of that episode because that was, you know, a few weeks ago when I was in the newborn phase. Um, oh, and it was you. such yeah. a cool episode. She sounded like a cool chick and, yeah, that was a great, great job. What a cool thing. Yeah, and that's, that's where we announce that this episode you'll be having a very special interview with Kirk Cameron <laughs> after the... <laughs> Can I interview Sean Astin? Uh, no. I'd rather interview Sean Astin. All right. So, on to Like Father, Like Son. Mm-hmm. This came out within a year of Vice Versa, another film about a father and son who switch bodies. Which of the two did a better job with the premise? Vice Versa. <gasps> <laughs> oh, wait. Was it like a, a like a competition to see who got the answer right first? <laughs> like, obviously, it was... <laughs> It was this one. Mm. What? Are you being serious? <laughs> JK, no. This one's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like night and day. Two films. Mm. Really shows you when you see two films so similar to each other and just one gets everything wrong and the other one gets everything yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, yeah. This was a bit of a disappointment. So the the first thing I wrote in my notes is I really want to like this. I felt like we had the 80s. We had some heavy hitters in the cast, like father-son swap, like all the ingredients. And I don't know, someone put too much salt in or something. It didn't work. We even had a dead mum. Yeah, pretty much everything in this was like the stock standard, like cliched version of this that we've seen before in every other one. didn't do anything out of the ordinary. But I also felt like it was a bit um, half-baked. There just wasn't a lot there. Like, yeah, mm. it was kind it, of boring. It like just potted along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was quite poorly paced, I felt. There was, like, scenes of just people walking around a lot where nothing was <laughs> happening, where they were literally, like, walking from one room to another. I feel like they relied <laughs> way too much on montages to tell the story. And look. I love a good montage, but I felt like it was at the expense of any, like, 
plot development. <laughs> like there was just you're right. There's just a lot of montages mm. and there's just a lot of scenes of the same like footage just being replayed again yes. and again yeah. in back yeah. and forth. It was just really odd. Mm. Yeah. I think one really big thing that makes this movie a failure is the central two performances because like Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron do not make any effort at all to emulate each to, other to yeah. emulate each other like literally one has a british accent and one has an american accent and when and they, they swap don't, yeah they don't they do don't. a british and an american and accent when yeah. the dog yeah. and cat swapped which we need to talk about because that was funny the cat was barking, right? So really, it was able to manipulate yeah. a cat's if they, uh, vocal cords yeah. to make a barking if noise. They, How come these guys can't do each other's accents? Should have been doing a British accent. That's exactly right. Exactly, major disappointment. Yeah. And then on top of that, the film just doesn't understand how a teenager and an adult act. So, like a scene where a teenager is left in his house on a sick day in his father's body. And then he's like super excited to just like Hang dance out the around house. the <laughs> da- dance around the living room yeah. and like play music. Like who does that? Like well, who does that? <laughs> Brendan does. <laughs> I, like, I like okay. to check on some tracks and do a little dance. Yeah, I said like, the, the, home, I do. the Home Alone montage is just him walking around listening to loud music, like. Yeah, how great is that montage? Yeah. Like, we just get, like, him in his sneakers, like, walking up and down stairs and yeah. him, like, turning a corner in a room and stuff like that. It's like, what? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so odd. Yeah. It, like, any, any- I, 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 uh, no, I agree. I love putting on loud music at home and dancing around my house. I do it. But, you know, if you were in a totally new body and you had all these possibilities and you're excited to break the rules, is that what you would do? Dance no. around your house? No. No one and, would and, do that. And also, we're watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. We don't <laughs> want to see yeah. Dudley Moore dance for 30 minutes. <laughs> but Not that he could. Well, I, he was hardly ever moving in this film. No. I feel like you have to um, <laughs> oh. do the plot properly, and then i got to pick it apart. i got something real controversial yeah. to say. All right. So this film starts like every good film family comedy does with a bloodied man <laughs> limping through the well, dust. Sure. <laughs> um, he, this random guy is limping through the desert. His legs being completely fucked up for some reason that we never find yeah, out why. What was and, that? and then um, he collapses and a native American Navajo uh, man finds him in the middle of the desert and takes him to his, uh, I guess, shack in the desert where all his family is and then they give him some potion and stare into his eyes and he swaps bodies with the Navajo man Um, (laughs) and they do this so that they could do surgery on his leg and he won't be freaking out which totally makes sense (laughs) (laughs) so then they swap him back after they've fixed up his leg and give him a whole bottle of this switching potion for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very up. generous people, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts to Dudley Moore, who's this like asshole doctor and his son, who is this flighty kid. And Dudley Moore really wants his kid to become a doctor like he does. And Kirk Cameron, the kid, Clearly does not want to be a doctor, but Dudley Moore does not care, and he's, like, pushing him into it. Uh, then we see their, like, daily lives where the, the doctor is, like, the respected doctor in the hospital, but he's a bit of a piece of shit <laughs> and doesn't, do, doesn't want to, um, like, operate on patients that don't have insurance because he doesn't give a fuck. And uh, then we see... Uh, Kirk Cameron, who's also a piece of shit at his school, who's trying to um, get this girl uh, to go on a date with him, even though she clearly has a boyfriend. <laughs> right. Um, but we're supposed to... Wait, we are was- we calling him a piece of shit instead of this girl? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're, they're Everyone's all pieces a piece of, of shit. shit. <laughs> this is true. Except, except for Rick. The boy, the boy that he he's actually dating the girl currently, who is just a victim what? in this whole thing. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we'll get back. I was going to gonna that. say that'll all come um, out. Hold on, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, uh, because he's trying to steal this guy's girlfriend, the guy, like, arcs up and is trying to, you know, intimidate Kurt Cameron. Anyway, uh, Kurt Cameron's best friend is Sean Astin, who, uh, who happens to be the nephew of the guy that was limping in the desert at the beginning. And he manages to get a bit of the potion off of his uncle without the uncle realizing it. And it happens to be in a Tabasco sauce bottle. So then he comes over Kurt Cameron's house for dinner and they decide to experiment with the, the brain transference serum, give it to the dog and the cat who do swap and they see it swapping. And they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, and that, then, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, let's go on with our yeah, lives. Let's not worry <laughs> yeah. about where this um this like potion goes. Let's just drop the bottle and not even be concerned or yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so then the maid picks up the bottle and just puts it into the cabinet. So Whoa. then Dudley Dudley Moore comes home from work and is arguing with Kirk Cameron and he makes himself a bloody Mary. And without realizing it, puts the tra- brain transference serum in his Bloody Mary, then looks into his son's eyes, then they swap. So then it's a case <laughs> of, as always, Dudley Moore in Kirk Cameron's body decides, I'm still going to go to school and like completely fucks up uh, everything to his- with his school life. Mm. And then Kirk Cameron in Dudley Moore's body decides to do the responsible thing and takes a sick day at home, but then uh, the boss decides to visit him at home to see if he's doing okay, realizes that he's not sick, and then forces him to go to hospital and work as a doctor mm-hmm. for the day. Which which I, I feel like was a, like a good excuse to make him get out of the house, because like it's like you're, n- you're, a, you're a surgeon, you're not going into work because you're going to kill someone. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> like, so oh, my God, call, so you have my, to do yeah. open heart surgery now? Like, there's no fumbling your way through that. <laughs> That's like, people are going to die. And so, yeah, to, know- to keep him home, the calling uh, calling it sick, that was great. But then the, the boss coming to check in on him and seeing him dancing on the table. Like you're obviously well <laughs> enough to work, yeah. I thought that was a good uh, plot device to make him actually have to go into the hospital. Yes, but fuck the movie for not <laughs> showing us, like, Dudley Moore stumbling through an open heart surgery. Because that would have been a funny scene. <laughs> <laughs> so we we he has to do his rounds and like you know pretend he knows what he's talking about when he's seeing these patients but he just like fumbles it off to all his like interns. Uh, the med students yeah. interns but then he makes friends with the interns which like Dudley Moore would never do because he was an asshole but also he um, was very like timid and afraid of like you know talking to girls and all this sort of stuff so it was just very weird to see him like just buddies with everyone it didn't seem yeah, like yeah. we saw that in the, at the start of the film like him at high school everyone giving him high fives and being like hey kirk or, <laughs> yeah <laughs> or Chris. Yeah. yeah so the other thing is that dudley moore's boss's wife wants to fuck Dudley Moore and before they swap they had this whole kind of like forbidden flirting thing going but it never went beyond that but then when she goes up to him when Kirk Cameron's in the body and she's like hey you want to fuck he's like yeah sure I'm a horny teenage boy (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so he invites her over and she comes over to the house this affair turns into him setting the couch on fire and (laughs) Pushing it into the pool. <laughs> Such a stupid scene. Um, and at the same time of Kurt Cameron and Dudley Moore's body trying to fuck Dudley Moore's boss's wife, <laughs> uh, Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron's body has to take Kurt Cameron's, the girl that Kurt Cameron's trying to fuck on a date to a hair metal band concert. Called Autograph. Also, like, he, Kurt Cameron begs his dad to go on this date. It's like... In what world would you be like, please, Dad, please go on this date that I, you know, like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And then Dudley Moore takes the girl on the date and then, like, puts his hands on his ears and is like, is this too loud? And, like, makes them leave in the middle of the concert. Like, I don't care how much of a fuddy-duddy you are. Surely, you're a fucking doctor. Surely you would have the common sense to know, like, I'm doing this for my <laughs> son. 
this is going to make everything go badly. Yeah. I just have to deal with this concept for an hour and then I can go on with my life. But their dad was just really an asshole, wasn't he? He had no like concept of anything, really. Yeah. So, I don't know, like things, uh, mishaps <laughs> ensue and then uh, they... <laughs> The uncle manages to come back. They both take that he takes the potion, but it doesn't work. And then uh, like the antidote happens, yeah. And then um, they happen to stumble upon a woman giving birth. <laughs> and then Kurt Cameron and Dudley Moore's uh, sorry, Dudley Moore and Kurt Cameron's buddy has to deliver the know, baby. Deliver the baby. And how's the way he goes with- to his son? He goes, "Come here, come and see this." I'm like, "What teenage boy?" wants to see this also like i feel sorry for the woman like when you're giving birth your vagina's all out there do you really want the person delivering be like everybody come and have a look at this woman's vagina yeah and also okay as someone who just gave birth she literally was going ow ow i'm like yeah (laughs) that's not how it goes And in movies, all you ever need to give birth is a uh, a pot of hot water and a towel, and that's the only things you ever yeah, need. Yeah, there was, but then they never, but but then they never use the hot water or the yeah, towel. Yeah, there was no hot water involved in my birth. <laughs> yeah, did they put the? Because they couldn't get towels. Did they put you the saw. newspaper in hot water? <laughs> yeah, and then. The baby comes out like sparkling yeah. clean, not like a bit of slime on that baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, zero stars for a realistic birth. But <laughs> but then they randomly swap later on in the day, and Kurt Cameron now back in his own body decides to rush back to the the hospital to do a speech in front of all the other doctors of as of why Dudley Moore should be made the chief of staff in the hospital. And again, like, it's like the thing with the concert and the date. It's like, surely you've got enough insight to be like, this is a bad idea. Like, what job interview requires your son to, like, bust in and be like, my dad really is good at his job. Like, you're not (laughs) helping. And, and like, his qualifiers is like, he reads medical magazines at home. He clearly loves being a He's doctor. It's so bad. <laughs> it, it was so half-baked. Uh, it's like they had fleshed out the basic ideas and then they just started shooting it. It just it didn't feel like there was enough yeah. that, that they had figured out, you know, the ins and outs. Yeah, well, like, uh, by that point, we're, we're supposed to think they've learnt, like, each other's perspectives and they understand each other a bit better. But we didn't get any of that during the swap. I feel like the reason yeah. there was no stakes is because the swap itself was flawed in that it wasn't like a voodoo curse or, you know, it wasn't like some witch making you need to learn each other's lives. It was just that they happened to drink this potion. So it was sort of like, like the boundaries weren't set properly. It was just like, oh, you just. Yeah. And there was no specific ticking clock because most switch films, uh, most swap films, you know, you have a point where it's okay for them to swap back. But. Yeah, this didn't no. have that. Yeah, and also like uh you would usually have the the dads was uh they were doing the the vote on if he's going to become chief medical officer and for the son it was a a interview for going to college that he didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like um, Who cares? Well, I'm not actually I'm kind of glad that they swapped bodies cuz his dad was like literally trying to set it, set his life up mm. for him and so it was like sort of countering yeah. that. Um, and then I am glad that they swapped because the father would be the one who would want to actually be there for the meeting. So it didn't really make any sense. Like, yeah, yeah, this is know. very. And true. the thing is, uh, and then he doesn't get the chief medical officer spot, which means that the hospital still isn't going to um, treat with patients no insurance. with no insurance. Yeah. So literally, that whole plot amounted in yeah. nothing. Like, well, you know, Catherine Hicks thinks he's cool now, so. That that helps. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Even even let him, you know, show that he might be getting with that other doctor that was wanting From seven heaven. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, now this movie piss poor. Yeah. Okay, so can I say something controversial now? Yes. How much of a better movie would it have been if the son was Sean Aston? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe <laughs> Kirk Cameron. Maybe maybe if Kirk Cameron and Sean Aston had swapped, because Dudley Moore was 
like a dud Lee in this like it- yeah well I never realized until this I've never actually watched a Dudley Moore movie I thought I had but then I was looking through his filmography I'm like I've never actually seen him in anything I'm like I don't know if I'd ever want to see him if I would yeah I would care to <laughs> I think though like, he, I think he has a reputation for being much funnier than how he was in this movie yeah I know I thought he had a reputation for being charismatic a charismatic comedic actor yeah and I, that just did not come through at no, all it did in not. this film <laughs> like i don't think kurt cameron has a particular reputation of being good in any way but i mean so it, i expected him to be lackluster and he in was. the context of the 80s though like th- this was heavy hitters like dudley moore kurt cameron was on that tv show sean astin was popular from yeah. the goonies now yeah, you had the mum, the yeah. mum from Chucky. Like it, it was yeah. full of, it was full of a cast that you recognised, and that it, 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 it should I mean, have this been film better. Was a, this is from the director of Teen Wolf, yeah. from mega producer Brian Grazer, yeah. who made like all the main hits in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Like major studio, you know, the production value was clearly there. Like the soundtrack is amazing. You got Aerosmith and Motley Crue and. And, um, Do look like a lady. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody Wang Chung tonight. Like it's got <laughs> uh, you know some major stuff in there. Yeah, it's just the script on a script and performance level. It just completely bombed. Fell apart. Yeah, it was terrible. So, was there anything we did like about this film? Um, <laughs> <It's> silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this. I have to say. There's things I could talk um, about, but um, it, it's yeah. not things that I liked. <laughs> I did like Kurt Cameron's running top. I enjoyed Because it was that. a little and midriff liked, number. Yeah, I, I just would love to know <laughs> if that was a common thing. He was wearing like really short then. shorts and a midriff top. It was like, oh boy, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated that outfit in terms of like, I would love to be able to pull that off. So as as far as as far as sport goes, right? As far as sport well, Paul, goes, Paul, are you waiting for us to chime in and be like, Paul, you could totally pull that off? Oh boy, <laughs> I would. We were both that. like silent, like yeah, you can't. <laughs> it's like the uniform of a millennial girl. Like it was, it, it was odd that that's what he was wearing. I was going to say, have you got those abs yet? Like, <laughs> not, not, not quite the Kurt Cameron level abs yet. All right. Well, yeah, you'll be there. Uh, <laughs> Dream big, buddy. <laughs> I, I did think this film had a couple of moments of physical comedy that I appreciated. I like the bit where he, Kurt Cameron, is running towards uh, his the relay uh, college. The, no, the college interview, and he slides through the water and knocks the interviewer <laughs> yeah. out, of the <laughs> out of the window. And I also like the bit where he is uh, dropping the girl off home, and then Rick punches the window of the car and, pulls and just him rips through. it out. Yeah, because I did. It's just so unexpected <laughs> that did actually genuinely made me laugh. So I have to give this points. Like I did laugh out loud a couple of times, which. Many of the movies we've done on this show, I can't give them that honor. No. <laughs> I laughed because the bully of the of the piece, uh what what's his name? Your your love Rick. boy? Rick. Paul? Rick. Rick. Team Rick. Rick. Was, Rick's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat <laughs> I'm gonna beat this kid up. But first I'm gonna let him throw a punch at me. I'm gonna put my hands behind my back and tell him, Go on, go ahead. And I'm just gonna stand at the top of a stairwell. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I I loved how his like go to insult was dickhead. He's like, hey, dickhead, and like he'd said it so Repeatedly. many times, so many times. <laughs> they should have got the thesaurus out for that one and like inserted another insult. The whole thing with him, with the Dudley Moore's boss's wife wanting to fuck him, had a couple of funny moments. Uh, Dudley Moore's flirting with his boss's wife at the beginning and they're talking about like equating surgery to sex and he's like yeah it's preferable when they're asleep and i'm like this is actually the yeah, grossest very bad. that i've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life but if i never needed surgery i'd want you inside oh me. god <laughs> and and then and then when she's she goes to have sex with him in the house 
and she's like coming on to him and she's like, just go at it. God. Just go at it. Do it. Do it. We need to be rubbing and touching and sucking. <laughs> I'm like, who talks like right? this? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so bad. But then, yeah, he manages to light the couch on fire, then push it through a window <laughs> and it ends up in the pool. But it's floating, I was about to so say, do, going, you think it would have, do you think a couch really would have been floating? I feel like that was the joke that the that he couldn't even put it out. Mm. <laughs> Instead, it just floated on top of the Is water. Is that funny? <laughs> nah, nah. Um, I feel like you asked if there was anything good about this movie, mm-hmm. and really, all I took away from it is like all the great '80s stuff. Like, did you see in the dad's bedroom there was like this machine? There was like a phone fax screen and it was just like <laughs> enormous and it was like supposed to be like look at this rich guy doctor look what he's got in his bedroom and it was just like this huge device and i loved all the feathered hair mullets and then they're yeah. kind of like that miami vice like t-shirt with a really big open shirt over the top with like oh uh, i have to say a lot of the fashion like you could just wear yeah, yeah i'm just it was so i just loved it um and like that kind what yeah. about the what about the jackets? There was like yeah. both, like uh, oh, with the Dudley shoulder Moore pads. And, well, like it was just like this weird, like cowboy, like but weird leopard print yeah. look. You know yes, what I mean? Like, a lot of bolo ties. Yeah. You know, like those kind of like cowboy yeah. ties. And um, yeah, that, yeah. So <laughs> when they first swapped, him and his best friend were like, "Well, let's go out and spend all my dad's money and drive his Jag." And yeah. they go to somewhere that looks like Las Vegas. And just buy like yeah. <laughs> the craziest clothes, like snakeskin yeah. boots, and yeah, like parachute um, leopard print jackets, and just like yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's what teenage boys would be doing with that money. And then they walk into like a lesbian bar, and every woman's eye fucking him for some yeah. reason. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> yeah, why were there any men, men in that in bar? That bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was a good time capsule, though. Like, you know, what the music and him, like, watching MTV. Yeah, and, and laser discs. They stuff. bought laser discs. They were like, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> very good. Let's go crazy with our money. Let's buy movies. <laughs> <laughs> On a format so, that will be obsolete very soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there was a few scenes that we've seen in other swap films. So uh, one that we've seen over and over and over again is that a swapped person has to be in a boardroom meeting and pretend to not be themselves. Even a vice versa had this as yeah. well, but he got to have an earpiece in while he was See, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of this one? Well, there were people smoking in a hospital meeting. <laughs> and uh, then there was this gag where Dudley Moore had one of the cigarettes and also, like, the weirdest looking gum. cigarette ever. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was chewing gum. And then I, I feel like this was supposed to be his physical comedy moment and it was not yeah. good. <laughs> but then he, like, puts the the cigarette in the ashtray and it lights on fire. So there's like a fire in the middle of the boardroom and no one's putting it out and they're just looking at it like pissed off. That did make me laugh. But like, did somebody put fucking kindling in the ashtray? Like, (laughs) why did it light on fire? It's a literal ashtray. You're supposed to like ash your cigarettes in there. It was, I'll give it a five out of 10. I giggled a couple of times. (laughs) It wasn't the worst boardroom's scene we've seen but it wasn't it the wasn't best. the best no, by far no so we we had the boardroom scene then we had to have the scene where uh someone has to do a sporting event in a swapped body which nearly every movie we've watched has has had this time it was, <laughs> it was a relay a relay race oh my god how where- how stressful is a relay race like are they gonna drop the baton yeah. are they gonna yes yeah, so stressful does it yeah. happen that often don't you just run with someone and pass on a yeah, but there's all 
these like, rules about like you have to pass it by a certain point, and like then if they drop it, you lose like whatever. It's, it's Which stressful. he clearly mm. did not know any of those rules. Yes. and completely fuck the entire thing up. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even go. Can someone give me a rundown of what I'm doing? And like at the end, <laughs> when he's running towards the finish line, he's like, "Oh, is this the long jump part of the um relay race?" Because he just like launches himself head first. It's like. Yeah, you're supposed to run yeah, to the you're end. A, you're a fucking doctor. You should know what a finish line looks yes, like. Yes, yes. <laughs> See, this is why I'm Team Rick. Because, t- like, Rick had a point. First, the guy, like, tries to steal his girlfriend right in front of him. Then, completely fucks up his win at the at the track meet as well. For completely stupid reasons. <laughs> like, you would think that Kirk Ka- Ka- Cameron had it in for you. Like, yeah. you would think this little dweeby kid thinks he's going to bully me, giant buff Rick. <laughs> I will show him yeah. what how life goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, team Rick, all the way. Team Rick. So you're you're condoning uh, violence against... <laughs> it, against Kurt nerds. Cameron, yeah. well, <laughs> look, if Kurt Cameron was just going about his daily life being nice to Rick, then obviously no. Don't be mean to to him. But Kurt Cameron was continuously attacking Rick. And Rick was not doing anything to him at uh, all. From my perspective, Laurie would go with, like, Laurie's a terrible character, like a terrible person. And yeah. she was just willing to, like, she had some sort of, like, literal, like, psycho personality. Like, she was... Willing to just go with anyone based on their status. And like, she looked at a car and she was like, Oh, this guy has a car. I'm going to say fuck you, Rick, and go with, <laughs> with okay, Kirk Cameron. Okay, okay. okay, let's, let's think about how we're introduced to this character. She is pissed off at Rick because he can't hang out with her that night because he has to visit his, his grandma. old yeah. grandmother. And she's like, fuck you, Rick. Fuck you. You're going to prioritize your dying grandmother over me. <laughs> I am going to fuck the first person I see. That's not you. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah. She, well, he does, which which he is does a point does, for Rick, but yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like Cameron did him a favor by getting that, that girl oh, off yeah, his head. For sure, Rick deserves better than that girl. <laughs> for this sure. Is yet another swap film who just like, women are just like irrelevant and not written like properly and they're just like horrible people. It, yeah. Yeah all, yeah. all the women except for uh, uh, the yeah. the nice doctor, Dr. Seventh Heaven Mum. Amy. Yeah, Seventh yeah. Heaven Mum. Yeah. Like, are just like crazy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's well Even I mean, like a nympho. There's four, yeah. There's four females in this film. The maid, the oh actually five if you include the uh, woman giving birth. But you got, ow, ow, yeah. ow. Yeah. <laughs> you got this the slutty uh woman that wants to cheat on her husband. You are the awful teenager that wants to cheat on her boyfriend. You've got the upset Made, and then you got the woman giving birth and screaming. That's 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 the female experience, according to this. Like, film. Thanks, Hollywood. I really feel like I <laughs> see myself on screen. <sighs> All right, let's stop talking about the pro of this trash fire and go to something we might actually uh, enjoy, which is rating how hot everyone is. So <laughs> I can't wait uh, to hear. About Dudley Moore. <laughs> what you're all gonna all right. say? All right, one, two, three. Are they a toot or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Ding, ding. <laughs> Everyone, Everyone is That's the worst we've done. It. <laughs> well, we've been, it's been a long time since we've recorded an episode, so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Um, okay, so let's get this started strong. Dudley Moore as Dr. Jack Hammond. Hot or not? I refuse to go first. I need to hear both of your <laughs> opinions. I just can't wait. I'm just looking, trying to find, like, a young photo of him, and uh, it literally looks like he's been 40 <laughs> his entire life. <laughs> he is gross. I am giving him <laughs> a not. There is nothing attractive about this man at all. Charmless and, like, the hair and just like, the whole vibe on this film, of him. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Like, based yeah, on this film? Like, or you're just in, in, making a blanket statement? Oh, yeah. Like, in... I mean, I haven't watched any of those, his other movies. Maybe there's something about the way he's played this character that just makes him completely unappealing. But in this film, for sure, gross in every way. I've I've seen him in Arthur and Bedazzled, the original Bedazzled. Yeah, same. Okay. And so for me, it's it's weird because like I feel like every single movie I've seen him in, like women want to be with him and i mm. do not know I why think that he def- definitely <laughs> had like the british cad reputation like he was in that movie 10 as well wasn't he with bo, bo derrick yeah. he was supposed to be like a yeah. lothario like you know in the remake of um arthur it's bloody russell brand like you yeah. know it, it, i think he was supposed to be charming and i was ready to be like oh i'm gonna like think this guy with grey hair and a British accent's cute, but, like, no, he wasn't. I, I thought, you know, this will be funny when we do Hot or Not, and I think this guy's hot and everyone, like, yeah, but no, I, I didn't. He gets a knot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen him in anything else, Lucy? Um, I've seen Arthur and Bedazzled and um, I think I've seen Ten. Ten, yeah. But, like, not very memorable. Yeah, I've only ever seen the remake of both of those films, actually. <laughs> I've seen the Russell Brand and I've seen the Brendan Fraser version. Uh, that's versions. so funny. But I, I feel like people are going to be the same. Well, I think probably even now people are the same about Russell Brand. Like, I can't believe people would... I've ever found him. Attractive. Oh yeah, Russell Brand gets a big thumbs down from me, man. Yeah. So <laughs> Brendan Fraser, on the other hand, yes, that's that <laughs> that's a better step up. Yeah. Beware my of mom the loves Brendan. Beware Fraser. of the art boy. I just have to say this. <laughs> beware of the art boy who comes across as like feminism and I'm really smart and blah 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 because they're actually like bigger snakes than like dudes who just overtly are misogynists. <laughs> truly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. We should all go towards people like Kurt Cameron, who will gladly take away your reproductive rights at a moment's notice. Why is that so? Cool? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you guys like Kurt Cameron stands? You needed, are we not you needed the it? visual. <laughs> the list. The listeners needed the visual component of this episode because my eyes just got really wide. Like, what did you just say? <laughs> no, but Russell Brand is like, you know, he, he's like so holy of a male. And then in an interview, he's like, yeah, I don't yeah. change my kids' nappies or do it because my wife's just better at that stuff. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Nobody's born better at that. <laughs> You're just fucking lazy. I'm sorry. I have a real problem with Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to people that are in this And Paul, movie. back me um, up on this. Anybody that breaks Katy Perry's heart is out. Uh, no, I, I get him I get and John Mayer can from. go and fuck each other. I feel if like you... he has a lot of strong points to make, and no, oh I'm my just god, actually... <laughs> <laughs> not if all you... men. I, I, I honestly, I honestly like. How is he? Like you guys talk about him like he's in the news every day. I haven't thought about him since forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> oh, he has his own podcast, and I, I find he pops yeah. up everywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he still has a pretty big audience. Yeah, but yeah, anyone should watch. Everyone should watch the documentary part of me, the Katie Katie Perry documentary, also produced by Brian Grazer, who made this. Stop! Film. Really? Um, wow, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll see why Russell Brand is a terrible person yeah. because you see it. How dare he? Film. And also, Paul, did you yeah. go and see it at the movies in three D? I do. I've still got my special edition three yes, D glasses. Same here. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Whoever, so, whoever has seen a documentary <laughs> in 3D, like, why? 3D. Why? But it's perfect. Okay, back to this movie. Boring. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get all the 
Hyla Knots yes. out of the yes. way and then we'll go to the um, friend or foes. Uh, so uh, Margaret Collin as Ginny, who was the uh, boss's wife that wants to cheat on her husband. Um, you may remember her for films such as Independence Day or Blair's mum in Gossip Girl. <laughs> That's right. Hot or not. She was quite pretty in this. I dug her overt uh, craziness. <laughs> do, you, do you like a woman that demands that you touch and suck her? <laughs> and with a yes, strong but, structured but, uh, shoulder pad top. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, yeah, I think it is a part of just like when I grew up, you know like what I mean? 80s, like 80s yeah. so women, sh- yeah. yeah, for sure. Shoulder pads, <laughs> yeah. even the haircut I was digging, yeah, that yeah. crazy freaking fro, whatever. Like that really yeah. blown out, the <laughs> blown out curls, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give her a heart. She was she was sexy, even though like as a human being she was a Garbage, shit, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, but we can forget about that. When we want to. Um, <laughs> or we, we can, can use it as an excuse to give a nod to someone who's ugly. But, um, <laughs> all right, so very exciting. I think we're about to have another double hot on the show. Uh, so Catherine Hicks as Dr. Amy Larkin, the pro uh, treating people with no insurance doctor. Hot or not, Brendan? Uh, I'm going to say hot. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah. Like there's nothing I could put against her personality. Mm. She 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 had like she's fighting this lovely, for the underdog. Like, yeah, flowing hair, bit of a nag, but you know whatever. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give her. I'm, a I'm putting that well. down to the dickhead who wrote this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give her a heart. Which yes, she is now the newest recipient of the Laura the Harden. Laura Harden. <laughs> Achievement in double hotness. I can never remember the name of this award. I think think there's excellence in there or something. Achievement of hotness. I love it. It's so bad. (laughs) But she was hot in this and and Child's Play. How did we admonish Russell Brand for being an awful person and then (laughs) 10 seconds later (laughs) bestow this award on someone? Oh, well. I won't read into it. <laughs> yes. There's, life has shades of grey. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're awarding someone for their achievements. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next person, technically he's playing a high schooler, but he was clearly in his 20s, which I looked up. So I am putting him as a hot or not. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Mikai Grant, sorry, Mikai Grant as Rick Anderson. Oh, come on. Hot or not. <laughs> and I'm going to start by giving him a hot because justice for Rick. <laughs> Where's my Rick stands um, um, Please the, tell me um, yeah. who, you know, keyboard guy was like the ultimate, but somebody toppled mm-hmm. him down of who was it? Ah, you 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 said that somebody to overpart overtook him. I can't. Uh, I can't have remem- to look it up. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. It off. I mean, Nick Jonas would probably be <laughs> the top. Yeah, moment, but so. but does Rick? Does Rick? Is Rick hotter than keyboard guy? Look, Rick's not keyboard guy status, but he. I'm. He's definitely a hot, and he just and needs you to like, like campaign for him, like to get him. Yeah, justice. and I feel like if if he had someone in his life that truly appreciated him. It would you soften his rough edges, <laughs> sort that hair out, maybe. Yeah. Wait, was it was yeah. it um was it the Shaggy Dog episode? The uh the guy in the Leatherman's jacket. No, I can't, I no, can't remember. he didn't top top. Oh, I feel like he topped a uh, keyboard, keyboard guy. guy. There's there's no one in the Shaggy Dog that that <laughs> that, that fucking top t keyboard guy. Well, when you're editing to this together, you can put in where you say verbatim tops keyboard guy for the shaggy dog. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like maybe there's like a keyboard guy award. Like we've got the Melora Hardman award. The keyboard guy, we need something there as well. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put the research in and work out who topped keyboard guy. Also, uh, saying topped keyboard guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who didn't listen to the vice versa episodes, like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I can't even remember what he looked like. 
<laughs> looked like a dumb nerd. That's what he looked like. <laughs> we need to make a gif of him playing the keyboard. <laughs> um, okay, so, hot or not, Rick? Oh, Brandon, yeah. Brandon and Lucy. <laughs> he was hot. Ah, I was expecting some blowback. So, yeah. No, Too no, hot, it's officially a hot. I'm happy with that. Also, Brendan. I think it's that classic <laughs> that classic thing of, do you remember when you were young and you would watch a movie and it, it had high schoolers in inverted commas in it mm. and you're like, wow, I can't wait to be yeah. grown up. And then you get into high school and you're like, oh, I don't look like I'm 35. I don't have like full-blown yeah. chest <laughs> muscle definition and abs. And it's like, God, yeah. yeah. He was definitely 26 years old playing a, a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, like, Brandon? I'm going to say he's hot in case he's still around because I'm f- afraid he'll beat the shit out of me. So. <laughs> Only if you treat him poorly. So, yeah, that's a good good call. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get into some friend or foes. Kurt Cameron as Chris Hammond. Mm-hmm. I'm going foe, just annoying. Yeah, I'm definitely going foe because I would obviously be friends with Rick and uh, Rick's <laughs> enemies with Chris, so uh, foe for me. Oh, oh, Paul, I can just see you like closeted being like his friend, but just really being in love with him. <laughs> yeah. But like, but if I was if I was friends with Kurt Cameron and. Sh- that w- I'd probably be friends with Sean Austin and like Elijah Wood and that, and I'd be a part of the Pussy Posse, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Didn't they all have a gang together called the Pussy Posse? Sean Astin was I- not in the Pussy Posse, my friend. He's bloody Lord <laughs> of the Rings nerd. I think you're talking about like Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. I- I swear he was. I'm gonna see who was in that. No, posse. it was it second. was Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. I think you're getting confused because Kurt Cameron was on Growing Pains with Leonardo DiCaprio, who was in the Pussy <gasps> Oh posse. my god, I forgot that Leonardo <laughs> was in Growing Pains. Oh my god! Whoa, members no. of the Pussy Posse. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no, what's come yeah. up? Oh Jesus! <laughs> 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 Your computer has a virus right. now. All right, so Sean Aston as Trigger, who had the amazing line, Trigger, as in horse, as in hung-like, friend or foe. <laughs> this breaks my heart because he is Mikey from the Goonies, who is, like, my friend eternal, like, Goonies never say die. But, yeah, that you can't – that was a bad line, hung like a horse. And, like, the way he, like, sat in between that couple at the track meet, he was like – bit sex yeah. pesty but um yeah i i do want to be friends with sean aston but but not this guy not trigger yeah i'm gonna give him a foe as well i, I won't want to be friends with him. i was probably friends with someone like that in high school <laughs> i feel like most guys were like I, that in high school yeah 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 i mean like at the time i probably would have been friends with him but in retrospect i'm giving him a foe yeah. like i'd like to think better of myself now well, yeah, if an adult's acting that way, Paul. you need to sever ties. <laughs> you, you've given like a million passes to terrible dudes on this based on being hot. I can't believe you. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, like but Rick. it's different. But hot or not is a different animal than friend or foe. Like, what makes someone hot? Makes is different than what makes you want to be friends with someone. Yeah, you always <laughs> want to be friends with like the, bi- the bitchy girl because she'll elevate your social status. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you friends with Laurie? Oh yeah, here we go, uh, Laurie, friend or foe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camille <laughs> Cooper as Laurie, foe for sure. She is a awful person. She wasn't the How right kind. She wasn't treat- the right kind of bitch. Oh, because she treated Rick poorly. How dare she <laughs> treat Rick this way? <laughs> what is this episode about? This is all about this Rick guy. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Let's get to Opinion Swap, where we find some interesting reviews of Like Father, Like Son from across the interwebs. So this is actually quite difficult. I was hoping I'd find a whole bunch of like people praising the fuck out of this movie that we could pay pay out, but people pretty much are in line with us. <laughs> I'd like to start things off with a bit with a bit more of a legitimate review. Uh, so this one's from the probably the most famous film reviewer of all time, Roger Ebert, yeah. who gave this film one one star when it came <laughs> out. 
Thank and you, Eva. He started this review like so. Like Father, Like Son is one of the most desperate comedies I've ever seen, and no wonder. The movie's premise doesn't work, not at all, not even a little, not even part of the time. And that means everyone in this movie looks awkward and silly all of the time. This plays less like a movie than like a penalty for the losers on a game show. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, Is that if it's finished? That's the end? Yeah. Or, or, I mean, he did a whole review. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but yeah, that was the opening paragraph. Um, I feel like just hearing that. How does anyone go into Hollywood? Like, I would die if I re- if somebody wrote something like that about something <laughs> that I had been involved with. I'd be like, I can never <laughs> act again. But wait, yeah. say you were in this and you watched it, wouldn't you like be like, yeah, fair call? Like, yeah, but then I don't <laughs> I have enough. Like, I don't. I, I couldn't just shake it off and keep going. I'd be like, I'm never acting again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why so many actors end up like drug addicts and stuff because that's how they deal with this shit. Yeah, it's pretty full on, man. Yeah, this is the part of the Kurt Cameron biopic where he reads the review and then goes takes a whole bunch of quaaludes or something. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then joins um, the church. Yeah, but um, I'd like to state that uh, a year, like less than a year later, Vice Versa came out and Roger Ebert liked that. So you know, we're on the same page as Roger Ebert. Yeah. We're just a, we're just Ebert's a regular like the, couple uh, of Roger Eberts over here, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, in the in the economy of uh of you know movie reviews, like the Roger Ebert is like the the US dollar, you know, yeah. like yeah. everyone sort of sets according. Yes, for sure. <laughs> this one's from Craig Lumley on Letterboxd, who gives it one and a half stars, and he says, "Clearly, I don't value my time." <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Uh, this one's from Neon Pizza on Letterboxd, who gives it three stars. And he says, I watched two body swapping movies in the last four hours. What am I doing with my life? Hi, I've seen 40 million. I've seen four million of these movies now. We have a podcast dedicated to it. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) This is number 46, guys. 46. Of the actual, we've seen 46 swap movies or? Yeah, 46 swap movies. No, including the minisodes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Finally, this one's from Aaron C on Letterboxd, and he gives it four and a half stars. And he says, a delicate subject handled with depth and insight, covering family car- Fake news, that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> covering family class divides, nature versus nurture, emotional bonds, and unresolved bitterness. Keena and his counterpart are adorable in their roles, and, this- and these two families joined by twisted fate comes to terms with reality. One wonders what reality matters at the end of the day, blood ties or bonding time. So at this point, I realized reading this review that he's actually reviewing the Japanese movie, like Father, <laughs> like Son. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did see that there was a, come across that another one. As well, one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is he going on about?" <laughs> can you but please? Apparently, that can, is that a body swap. Uh, it's not, and it's actually supposed to be an amazing movie, and I've actually had it on my watch list for a while because I've enjoyed the director's other movies. So apparently, a lot. Better use of your time than watching this piece of shit. Okay, now it's time for Tenuous Recommendations, where we each recommend a movie, TV show, song, album, or book that is connected to today's movie in some way. Let's get started with Lucy. Yay! Okay, so my link is the Brian Grazer producer guy. Yep. Um, And just guess, Paul, what, what, what I'm doing. I don't know. He's done so many movies. He's done every, like a lot of Tom Hanks movies, so yeah. maybe one of his. <laughs> keep keep uh, pulling the thread. <laughs> Forrest Gump. No, I'm doing Splash. <laughs> ah, <okay>. um, <laughs> look, it, there might be some problematic shit in there, like, and yeah. I'm not it, upskirt perving. Yeah, and that born pretty <laughs> yesterday thing, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but what's yeah. the born pretty yesterday thing? It's the trope in movies where, like, a dumb hot girl that has no uh, concept of, like, society and, like, a man, a, a nerdy man gets to, like, teach her how to, like, dress. So, like, the, uh, like the, fifth, el- yeah, the fifth element, yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whatever, that's fine. Like, it, 
Look, it's a mermaid. It's a love story. There's major <laughs> league uh, certified babes. Um, Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks. Like, yeah, Tom Hanks. This is probably where like my love of Tom Hanks started. He's just so fun in this movie. And um, yeah, I I loved it. Like, it's total soft spot for it. It's like a special movie to watch when like as a family and um if you want to watch it just don't watch it on disney plus because you won't see daryl hannah's ass you'll see badly cgi'd long hair covering her butt which is outrageous ruffle 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 (laughs) (laughs) well purely on like how bad the cgi is like they thought that they could put that in and the audacity yeah it's terrible (laughs) um and you know like new york yeah i just loved it loved it have you seen it it's cute i have not seen it it might have to be a mini side i think (laughs) yes hadn't paul you only saw it for the first time the other day didn't you yeah, uh, like yeah, maybe a couple yeah, of months ago. Yeah. yeah, when it got added to Disney yeah. Plus. So I've I've only seen the uh, the butt censored version. Oh yeah, well I mean I'm sure you're not really uh, you're missing you're not out. really that interested uh, in to, in <laughs> yeah. Daryl Hannah's yeah. butt. But it, it it just it's just funny that Disney Plus let John Candy say that he's got a 12 inch penis. Yeah. And they they censor the butt. Yeah, but they don't so. show yeah. it. It's so funny as well. Like, I saw this movie as a young... 12-inch penis. Um, I, I saw this movie as a young kid and I was never like, oh, my God, it's her butt. I was just like, oh, there's a mermaid who, like, now she's out of the water. Her, she's got her legs now. Like, I never was like, yeah. how scandalous. Yeah. All right, Brendan, what's yours? All right. Uh, so my tenuous link, we talked about the uh, the... the the gas station scene. What? Um, Which one? Where the woman's oh, it, giving birth. Giving oh, yes. birth in yeah. this movie. And I was like, ah, oh, that, I've seen <laughs> that, that gas station before. Uh. It's the splitting image. <laughs> and that's where my tenuous link comes in. Motorama, made in 1991. Has anyone seen this no. film? No. What are you doing? No. I've never, Have you heard, I've of never it? heard of it. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, that, I guess that's why I sort of felt like uh, recommending it. If you've ever seen the actual uh, poster or, or like, uh, box cover, there's a giant picture of Drew Barrymore what? on it. She's in it for 15 seconds. Amazing. <laughs> but uh, the, the cast, like, there's a lot of, like, uh, relatively like known people in it um and they so just wait, play just these wait. small roles one second is it murderama no no motorama <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so that sounds like a great name for right? <laughs> murderama all right i'm proud of that one down <laughs> no one listening can steal brendan's idea <laughs> you two have to develop this group together a movie based on the on the title alone. <laughs> what is Murderama? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I think that's very funny. What is it? So no, this I is do a, too, yeah. So Very this well. is Motorama starring Flea from Chili from Peppers. From Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Is this the one I'm looking at? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to look right. at it too now. Murderama. Oh my god, that is Drew Barrymore. <laughs> And like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna put some, like, I guess, Context. what would you say, disclaimers on this film. When, uh, like, when I watch it, I really enjoy it, but I can't say it's a, like a an amazing film as oh, well that's, at that's the same Paul's time. Bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, the, like this film, uh, it's about a ten year old boy who's like abusive parents. He can't stand him anymore, and so he steals his. Uh, father's like red Mustang and hits the American open road in this weird alternate reality that uh, he is like basically treated like an adult. So like the police pull him over. He talks to like, you know, thugs and, and mobsters and everyone just treats him like an adult. Um, but it's this, this weird story about this, this, uh, this game called Motorama which you it never expires and it's sort of like this long f- lost forgotten like corporate promotion that's very reminiscent of like the monopoly game that you play at McDonald's mm-hmm. so you if you collect the letters motorama you win 500 million dollars 
Um, <laughs> and so this well, kid sure. uh, is going fr- going from gas station to gas station, collecting these cards so he can spell Motorama. Um, and it's this weird, like, uh, vignette telling these little stories along the way uh, on the American road. Um, but everything's sort of this allegory for like capitalism and why it's, you know, uh, bad and all this sort of thing. Um, so while I say it's not a perfect movie, I feel like it's really interesting and it's actually a really fun watch for people who like that sort of weird dream, like not quite make sense of reality sort of thing. So Motorama. If that oh, sounds like you, that actually give it a sounds go. very interesting. Yeah. And like Drew Barrymore, was she quite famous then? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming, me, like, it wouldn't be like 1991. Where is she in her career there? I mean, she's been famous since she's exactly because so. um, ET was, you know, huge, and obviously before that. So there you go. Like, she's in a literal like uh, dream sequence of the kid, like picturing what he's gonna do with his money. And she's like, come Heather, like, yeah, pointing at him from the the waters as she emerges in a like Hawaiian bikini thing. Uh, uh, so my link is Motley Crue. Uh, they had two songs on the soundtrack, <laughs> um, all, all in the name and Wild, Wild Side. So I chose another movie which had a Motley Crue song on the soundtrack. Uh, the song Shout to the Devil by Motley Crue, featured in the 1999 horror comedy Idle Hands. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Idle Hands. Have you guys seen it? (laughs) Yeah, but not since, like, the first time I saw it a hundred years ago. Yeah, since I was a teenager. But I would definitely revisit it. Yeah, I feel like this film was, like, super fun, but, like, never really, because it came out in that whole, like, horror resurgence around, like, Scream and I know we did last summer, but it, it hasn't held that kind of esteem like those other movies have or like the cultural relevance with people revisiting them all oh the time. Oh my god, and it's bloody Devin sh- Sawyer and who else? Devin Sauer, it's got Seth um, Green, Seth Green, Jessica, Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah. Really fun cast. Yeah. Really fun concept. It kind of takes the whole like the sequence from Evil or Dead 2 where where Ash cuts off his own hand and then the hand goes crazy. It kind of expands that to an entire film where um because he is this uh, loser stoner guy who's lazy, uh, idle hands make for devil's play work. So uh, his hand detaches itself and then goes and kills everyone. Goes on a murder spree. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is it on any of the streaming services? I would definitely watch this. I want to watch it today. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you can rent it. I don't think it's just like on Netflix sure. or anything. Yeah. Uh, I've got the DVD, um, but yeah, it's it's super fun and funny. Perfect thing to watch for October Halloween month. Ooh. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, definitely worth a revisit and something that I feel like is due for like a cult hit resurgence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So because of the you know the culture impact of the Swapcast podcast, I'm sure we can make that. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Paul. Awesome. All right, so where are we ranking like father, like son among the films we've covered on the podcast? Look, it was bad, <laughs> but it's not bottom tier bad for me. I still had like I didn't hate watching this film. So I'm going to put it between Selfless and Mr. Fuzzy Pants. There's still quite a bit below it, but a lot more above it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put it hmm, hmm, in between Ice Angel, a.k.a. on thin ice skating for the gold, and, <laughs> and Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Okay. So pretty much nearly exactly where I put it. Yeah. So oh, I, I'm I'm really once again. You want to reshuffle your really list? To <laughs> reshuffle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a big pile at the bottom that I'm not sure what to do with, but I would definitely say, ah, oh, would I rather watch Christmas Switch or this again? That's a tough call. <laughs> I feel like Christmas Switch was shorter, maybe <laughs> less of a punish. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but Mr. Fuzzy Pant, uh-huh. On I'm production gonna... value alone, you have to put it above Christmas Switch, surely. I I did really like the house. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good cars in it as well. I would have driven that Jeep for sure. 
for that house alone, I'm going to put it between eight, 18 again and Mr. Fuzzy Pants. Okay. That, that seems like appropriate yeah. uh, company for that film to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, because at least we- in 18 again, I feel like, what was that old guy's name? George Burns. I feel like George Burns moved more than bloody <laughs> Dudley Moore did in this film. Every montage where he's going crazy, he's just standing still and putting his hands in the air yeah. going, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> and George Burns is like 95 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. All right. So next episode, it's our Halloween <gasps> episode. Ooh. Spooky Halloween. So previously we've done what Dr. Jack- Jekyll and Sister Hyde. I think that's the only like official Halloween episode we've had. Because mm. Child's Play. No, no, just- Child's Play? No. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, was Child's Play a Halloween episode? We'll say it was. So we've had... Child's play. We've had Doctor Jekyll. So uh, for the for our next one, mm-hmm. what do what do you think? What do we what do we think? I don't know. I what can't even think of any that it would be. Does that mean you've like mined the internet for something? Or no? So the one that we're going to watch, I actually was going to watch on my own because it was on Amazon Prime, and then I oh. was then I was reading the uh, <laughs> the description, and I'm like, oh, it's a swap movie. So I thought. Kill two birds with, with one stone and we'll do it for the show. <laughs> we will be watching the 2009 horror Possession, starring Sarah Michelle Gellar and Lee Pace. Oh, yeah. Where a woman's life is thrown into chaos after a freak car accident sends her husband and brother-in-law into comas. Thrills arrive when the brother-in-law wakes up thinking that he is his brother. Cool. Okay. I, I like Lee Pace. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. All right. All Sounds right. good. Let's, uh, yeah. let's do that. Sounds yeah, good. I've, I've, it's interesting, but it's also like a film with these stars that nobody talks about and like went straight to video. So it's probably Could terrible. Fu- yeah. <laughs> it's probably terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at least we'll get to talk about Buffy, so I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we made it. We made it uh, an hour and 17 minutes. No baby interruptions, so well done, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's it for another episode. For everyone listening at home, if you haven't reviewed and rated us on iTunes, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) And until next time, I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. And I was Brendan Levi. Bye. Bye. See you, bye. Bye. The Swellcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.